Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 48 of the Rock Podcast for those about to pod. We salute you in this episode. It's the letter E in the A to Z of rock. We look at recent news. We also discuss some recent new releases in New Rock on the Block. There's Hidden Gem Time, of course, and many more of your favourite features. So here he is. Exciting, enigmatic, engaging, and plenty of other words beginning with E. Here's Brian. Exhausted after that. (laughs) You and me both. Gee. E, e, of course, is the well. It's in is as we said earlier. It's the uh, the latest letter in our merry trip through the rock alphabet. Uh, we're at letter E. If you want to listen to A to D, and go and listen online somewhere. Yes, the most used letter in the English language, Brian. Did you know that the letter E? I was not aware of that, Matthew. Yeah, well, now you are. There you go. Every day's a school day <laughs> on the old uh, podcast. So hey Ben, you doing all right? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, yeah, but I've not not been to many gigs since we last recorded, but I did go and see Jeff Tate in Bannermans. Oh, you started the uh, the, the world record attempt. Have you? <laughs> I have indeed. One down, oh, on eighty-five to go. That's right. Yeah. Do you know what? Funny actually, a lot of people have come up to me in the street as they do just randomly. I said, yes, what can I do for you? And they said, uh, I don't ask you about that world record for gigs. I said, yeah, it was low, wasn't it? And they said, yeah, we couldn't believe it either. I know, I know. And uh, as I said at the time, as we said at the time, I'm sure there are plenty of people thinking, I could do that, that could be me. Um, yeah. Well, as I said to you, Bannermans, it's like, what was it, Walk From You in Edinburgh? Yeah. You could be there, you could be there tonight. I don't know who's playing tonight, but, you know. Yeah. Great. No, no, no. I went to see Jeff Tate. Jeff Tate was doing Ooh. a uh, greatest greatest hits of Queensryche. Sounding fabulous. Lots of uh, lots of tracks off Rage for Order, um, Operation Mindcrime, possibly an album beginning with the letter E that we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was he was in great form, and the support band was the singer that we saw last year, Matt, Mark Daly. Um, Mark was sounding great. He's got some new material coming out very, very soon. He um, he played with Jeff and Mark shared the same backing band uh, at the gig. But I was so surprised with Jeff's vocal. Sounded sounding really, really good. So uh, that was kind of my gig of notes since the last time we recorded. Have you been to anything? Well, yeah, a couple of things actually. Um, I went to see a, uh, a triple headliner. Um, Taiketo, Dare, and FM, which I think that are becoming more and more popular. Those, those, those triple headliner, or even double headliner with a you know a, a good support act, um, they're becoming more and more popular because you know by their very nature they they spread the cost. You know they all use the same kit and well largely the same kit, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's the way forward. And this was I mean this is great. Taiketo opened up they. Uh, on this on this on this particular show in london and i've taken it in turns to kind of alternate the headliner and the first honor and everything and um i hadn't seen takoto before i thought they were great danny vaughan's a brilliant singer brilliant singer good front man uh great songs um they they did uh you know as you can imagine uh in an hour they did their sort of greatest hits set um 
largely culled from their uh, their st- their opening album. Actually, their first album, "Don't Come Easy." Um, some songs from Strength in Numbers, and so on. But yeah, good, really good. And um, I think uh, well, I'm seeing them late this year. Actually, looking forward to seeing them again when they're back over in uh, late late part of the year for festivals. Uh, Dare were good. Uh, Darren Morton's a very engaging front man. Got a good band with him. Um, and I had plenty of nods to his time in, in Thin Lizzy, of course. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And uh, put a few Dare songs on the uh, on the old playlist. But yeah, he's, he's, he's good. He's very engaging. Nice guy. Wearing sunglasses inside, though. I'm never quite sure about that. I mean, you've got bright lights, of course. <laughs> you know, the gigs. But sunglasses inside. You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe he has got an eye issue. Bless him, Darren. Yeah. And if, you do, if you're listening, Darren... And if you do have an eye issue, I apologise. But <laughs> sunglasses inside, I don't know. It's I have a theory about you. that. Do you? I Go have. On, hit me with it. Um, you know the way in big in big arenas now, Matt, lots of uh, artists will use teleprompters. And yes. So mm. I'm wondering sometimes if you wear the sunglasses, then the audience won't be able to see people's eyes as they're looking down to the teleprompter. That's a good point, actually. Because there are a few singers who should remain nameless who use teleprompters, and it's pretty clear that they're looking down, because <laughs> it's normally down at, at the kind of ground level. With the, Absolutely. With the, with the wedges and the foot, mm. with, the, with the monitors. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, or maybe it's just he just doesn't like the bright lights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we digress, of course. And then... Uh, and then FM uh, headlined, who were their usual. Uh, I mean, it's so good, FM. Uh, Steve Overland, as you said many times, one of the one of the great rock voices of the last, what, 30, 40 years? Absolutely. Or ever, forever, yeah. probably. I mean, amazing. Amazing, consistent band. And, um, yeah, uh, always good to see good old FM. So, yeah, it was a fun night. I went to the Call of the Wild Festival. That was good. It's um, a new one, is it? Is it a new festival? It's been around a, yeah. been around a few years. It's been around a few years, right in the middle of Britain in uh, in Lincolnshire. It was good, really well organised. Um, uh, good weather too, um, and uh, some great acts. It, it it's it builds itself as a kind of family grassroots festival, and and that certainly shows loads of kids there, which is great to see, and and you know people of all different ages, of course. Um, and um, you know, really, really, as I say, really well organised, good fun. Saw some great bands. Um, got to give a shout out to excellent band called Until Nine. Had a chat with those guys who were who were uh, very nice, very nice to catch up with them. Um, excellent band called Tail Tail Gunner, who um, <laughs> to to call yourself after a Maiden song. Exactly, that's my thoughts. Yeah, which is a great that's a great Maiden song. Um, and uh, they. They, they, the, I spoke to them afterwards. The oldest, the oldest one is twenty nine, but they dress like Metallica and Maiden from about nineteen eighty three, eighty four. Brilliant spandex, uh, white, uh, white baseballs, exactly white high tops and everything. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. You know, flying bees and everything. Um, and they were great. Tail gutter. Really enjoyed them. Uh, Kicking Valentino, who we'd seen last year, at Stone Dead. We did. Were great. They were really good value. Good fun. Really, really. Great hooky songs. Um, Terravision headlining Saturday night and those damn crows on the Sunday night. I mean, just fantastic performances from those from those two. But Terravision, you, you were reminding me earlier, Terravision are doing, uh, was it 30 years of 
Yeah, yeah, they're going to be doing a. Uh, they're going to be doing three special shows at the back end of the year. It's uh, just by request, so they're going to be. Um, I'm assuming they're going to put um, uh, probably through their websites and the socials. Uh, three shows full of requests uh, from their fans, but they're playing at three iconic venues, um, uh, which I've been to. Th- I've been to two of them. Um, mm. So I've been to the Electric Ballroom. I've been Great to day. Nottingham Rock City, which I love, love that mm. venue. Um, and the one venue I've not been to, which would, which will be a hometown gig for Terrorvision, which is the famous St George's Hall in Bradford. Mm. Always in the back of crying, wasn't it? Up there was the, right. t- the Tivoli, <laughs> the Tivoli and Buckley. That's right. That's right. I've no idea where it uh, is. <laughs> um, Tony Wright, though, as a, as a front man, I mean, we've talked many times about different types of front people, front men, front women. Um, but Tony Wright is, is quite unique. He's a, he's a good singer. Yeah. You know, and, he's, and he's so engaging. But the energy this guy has, oh, my goodness me. And he's just, no wonder he's, he's really slim and, you know, uh, because he just he doesn't work out every, every gig. Amazing. They did, um, they did, I'm almost certain, didn't they do a set at Rambling Man one year? I think they did. Yeah, yeah, I think they did actually. It's like a mid after. It was like a mid afternoon. Perfect for that. Yeah, for that kind of tea time slot. Absolutely, were. they were great. He was. He's very. Uh, he's like an energizer bunny, isn't he? Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. So they were good. A uh, good headliner. Uh, there was a band there that. This is a true story, actually. There, I, I saw a band there, who I'd audition. I auditioned for ten years ago. <laughs> true story. <laughs> I said to my wife. I saw them on the bill. They were sure remain nameless, by the way. No one, no one big, particularly with all due respect. Um, but I saw them and I thought, hang on a minute. I think I auditioned for them. And sure enough, when I saw a few of the guys, I thought, yeah, he's the guitarist, he's a drummer, and so on. That was, I think that's, that's a first for me, to go into a festival and seeing a band that I don't actually audition for, as a singer, of course. Um, my favourite band the whole weekend, I have to say, by some distance, Um and that's not because they only lived about five miles down the road from me. It was the karma. It was the karma effect. They were just great. Great, great band. Lovely guys too. Um, and uh, yeah, check out the karma effect. I think they're going to be big. They're playing a few festivals this year. We're going to play, see them at Steelhouse. They're on, they're on at Stone Dead as well. Um, really, really good band. Check them out. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're in a good festival. So speaking of festivals, um, it's the... 20th anniversary of Download um, this year and uh, Metallica had their two nights sessions where they played two completely different sets. No song was played twice over the weekend. Bring Me the Horizon played on the Friday night and Slipknot are finishing up the festival. Um, I always think that's a tough slot, you know, because everybody's probably wanting to go home. I know that Download had a lot of challenges with uh, noise complaints and travel to get into it. Um, but uh, it sounds as if uh, uh, Metallica um, put on a fantastic show from from the YouTube um, footage that we've seen. And they were uh, uh, being great. I know that they've, um, they've got their own charity foundations, etc. And they donated £40,000 to help the homeless in Leicestershire, which is fantastic. Um, so, uh, yeah, Metallica have kicked the big festivals off. 
mm. in fantastic style. But I heard, however, on the downside, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't, this must be a, a first because, Dan, as you say, download has been going for 20 years. So yeah. I'm surprised this hasn't come up before, but um, there were, and I don't know what they're going to do about this when download get these complaints from people 15 miles away <laughs> saying, complaining about the, the noise. Now, 15 miles is a long way for me, for sound to travel, of course. And for someone to be, you know, so impacted by it that they feel the need to complain, I don't know. I mean, we do like to complain in this country, but sometimes, you know, it's a little bit unnecessary. Um <laughs> I would, I'd be I'd be great with it. If I lived down the road, I'd be like, great, free concert. Hello. Fantastic. <laughs> there was somebody on social media I thought was brilliant. It was a guy from Newcastle. Um, and he said, he said over the weekend, he said, uh, message to Metallica. Can you, t- can you turn it up? I can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's a spirit. That's what we like. <laughs> so speaking of Newcastle, um, Sam Fender, who is, uh, you know, an emerging uh, new singer-songwriter uh, in mm. the kind of Lewis Capaldi, you know, he's one of the new emerging artists. Um, Good name. Good name, Sam Bender. It's great, it. isn't it? Yeah, and he yeah. plays the Fender Stratocaster as well, too, which is... Does he? He does indeed. Oh, good on him. I like that. It'd be a bit weird if he played a Gibson or an Ibanez or it Jackson. It would be. Just, it just would, it's, it's just... There, he's a, he's a right. marketing manager's dream, isn't he? Hi, my name's, <laughs> my name's yeah. Sam Fender. So he's obviously, he's obviously a big ticket item because he's played two sold-out nights at... Uh, St. James's Park in Newcastle, which is a 50,000-seater stadium. And on Saturday night, 10th of June, who wheels out one of the world's probably biggest celebrity Newcastle United fans? Mr. Brian Johnson. So Sam Fender brings Brian Johnson on stage with his band and belts out back in black. And you shook me all night long. And Brian is sounding absolutely fantastic, Matt. And, th- and it was really interesting because it, Sam Fender's audience are standing there and he just, he walks up to the mic and said, let's do a little bit of, of Back in Black. And the crowd are really, really into They're just like really into it. And, and uh, you know, Jonah just comes on and just starts belting it out. So sounding good uh, for those people who are thinking, oh, power trip on October when uh, ACDC come back to live stage, um, I think those people are lucky enough to see that, um, are in for a fantastic show with ACDC. So that was that was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's great. Good on Sam Fender. And um, yeah, as you say, 50,000 at uh, St. James's Park. Well, funny you should mention Brian Johnson, of course. Um, but um, I read, and this is this is hope for us all, of course, because we, as we as we said many times, I think you know, universally ACDC are loved. I mean, there aren't many people that think, "Oh, I don't like them." Um, a bit like the Foos and a bit like uh, Guns N' Roses. You know, they're generally and Metallica. Um, they transcend all types of kind of rock music fans. And Brian Johnson has said um, that the the juices of a very Brian Johnson thing to say. The juices are flowing. <laughs> the juices are running again. In the in the ESC DC camp, <laughs> um, which I think is lovely a nice metaphor, Brian. Basically, we're we're up for a tour, and um, which they are. Uh, he, he, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. I think sometimes maybe he, he may be getting ahead of himself. 
I'm not sure uh, if the rest of the band, who are now in their sort of late 60s, 70s, are quite, their juices are quite as running <laughs> as Brian's are, necessarily. Um, however, we live in hope for an ACDC world tour uh, in support of 2020's uh, Power Up album. Yeah. Which was pretty good. We talked about that time, didn't we? It did. Um, yeah, it'd be great, wouldn't it? I mean, they... they were, it's not bad. You could just say, okay, fine, fine. Five nights at Wembley Stadium, five nights at, at uh, Hamden or, you know, and so on. Oh, so is that, oh, so you're going, you're going to give us some shows in the rest of the UK outside of London then? <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought I might for a change. Thanks. <laughs> five nights at Hamden. It's <laughs> Hamden, the big, uh, anyway, yep. wherever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we live in hope of an ACDC uh tour or at least um, maybe a Wembley Stadium gig that'll do me I, I, I could just get I'll get the tube there um that'd be nice yeah and and one thing to That's watch it, my on. money however I'm just going to say for the record my money is on ACDC doing one of the slots in download 24 you heard it here first boys and girls I have no inside knowledge of course but um <laughs> fingers crossed yeah and one thing to uh, maybe finish off this section, Matt, is um, we've got Glastonbury um, later this month. There's an interesting slot on the Pyramid stage on Friday the 23rd of June. It's an hour and 15 slot, and it's a mystery band called the Churnops. Hmm. And there's a lot of chat that p- possibly it's the Foo Fighters, and a lot of people are... Um, hanging their hats or, or hoping that uh, Dave Grohl had put a message out following the, the recent shows with uh, Josh Freeze, uh, where David said, it feels good to see you churning up those emotions together. So mm. the, uh, the mystery band is called the Churnups. Yeah. So the, the internet's going a little bit crazy going, could the mystery band for Glastonbury this year be... The foos. Yes. We shall well, wait and see. If I was a betting man, which I am occasionally, I would put at least a five or maybe a tenner on that <sighs> as being absolutely spot on. Um, I mean, and, and uh, they're, they're coming on before Royal Blood. They're good, good band. And uh, Arctic Monkeys, another good, good band, of course. Um, but, you know, would you really want to follow the foos slash the churnups? But we shall see. It might be just a, some sort of mystery band that no one's ever heard of. And uh, all the people watching, <laughs> all the hundreds of thousands watching in front of the pyramid stage might be, you know, slightly disappointed. Exactly. Sorry, we, we are a new band called the Churnups. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hi. Yeah, it's our first gig. Yeah, we're not very good. We apologise in advance. But we could do some Foo Fighters songs for you. <laughs> and they do them badly. That'd be hilarious. I told you about the time when I saw the... Uh, the Foo Fighters tribute band, who are called, uh, you see, the UK Foo Fighters or Foo Fighters UK, uh, one of the two. Uh, I mean, from a distance, at Glastonbury, you put them on the stage, on the premise stage, it is the Foo Fighters. The look, the sound, everything. So maybe, anyway, it's likely to be the Foo Fighters. I said it here first. It's likely to be um, headlining next year, uh, download ACDC. This is just speculation from my perspective, of course. We should, But we shall see. We shall indeed. That was that. That was the news, Bri. It's now time, boys and girls, for Book Club of Rock, our occasional feature 
where Brian reads an occasional book. <laughs> occasionally. How many books are you get through a year now, Brian? Three, four? I think I think it's gonna be a three or four this year. This yeah. year. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah, thanks. Good on you, man. Thanks. Good on you. And that's not colouring books, is it? That's proper reading books. This is why <laughs> my selection for this episode is really good because I'm going to mainly I'm, pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so the book the book that I'm putting forward into our library for <laughs> Library for, for our library. I love that. For I just picked this library of rock <laughs> going off into the distance. Exactly. Like somehow having Indiana Jones, a giant warehouse. Brian, could he wander down five hundred uh, columns and get pick out the uh, book? Exactly. So the the book I have, which I, and I've actually read it, Matt, cover to cover. It's fabulous. Well done. Well it's done. it's definitely by what by. By by Def Leppard. So what's great about the book that I bring forward for our library mm. of rock yes. is the new hardback um, mm. book of the official story of Def Leppard. And the best, it's a 300-page tome, hardback book. Wow. It's fabulous. Well done. I, I, no, well no. done, Brian. Now, how many pages of the 300-book uh, pages, how much of it's written and how much of it's pictures and scrapbook memorabilia from the band, Matt. I'll, I'll, I'll let our readers decide and listeners mm. decide whenever they get the book. But it's actually fabulous. The best way I can describe it, it's, it's a part scrapbook, part photo album and part memoir, which mm. includes all of the band. So, you know, uh, past members... You know, Steve Clark, every single member of the band, you know, has through archive. It's the telling of the story, you know, the EPs, how they started, the tours with ACDC. Uh, you, you go through Pyromania to Hysteria, the the wilderness years with Slang and Ten. Uh, mm. It's a fabulous book. Um, and, and what's really great, um, you know, for those of us here in the UK who who bought Kerrang on a weekly basis. You've got all of the, you've got all of the, um, the covers that they had in of Kerrang. And a lot of the pictures, you know, Ross Halfin, who has followed um, Def Leppard for years, there's lots of pictures from, from Ross, um, from, you know, from Mick Rock as well too, who did, uh, remember the covers album that they did? Yay. Yeah. So yeah, Mick, Mick Rock did a lot of the pictures for that album, which is based on the on the covers. So I have to say, I read it uh, over two nights, Matt. It was just fabulous. And it's, it's probably the best telling uh, story of Def Leppard from beginning to end. So, I, And for a book, which is a hardback, 300 pages, it's a fair old tome. It's only 30 quid. Wow. So... Uh, my recommendation for Book Club of Rock uh, this episode is definitely by Def Leppard. Very good. Very good. I shall have a, a read when it goes into the library of rock. <laughs> Are you in charge of the library of rock, by the way? You just, you've got to check things out. And yeah. Them <clears throat> okay. 
talking about albums. What a, what a segue. Yeah. Segways just get better and better on this show, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> New Rock on the Block time. It is indeed New Rock on the Block time. And we have got a f- three albums, Matthew. Yes. That we're, mm. uh, we're going to look at. Three. Three albums. Mm. Yes. Um, we've got, uh, we're going to look at the new Extreme album. We'll have a shifty at the Foo Fighters new album. But I think we should kick off with um, a band who a couple of members you saw off, uh, you know, a little while ago at a Planet Rock acoustic um, show, which which you said was fantastic at the time when we discussed it. The Rival Sons new album, Dark Fighter. What did you think of it? What I think of it? I, well, on the whole, I liked it, Brian. Um, I heard a few songs from it uh, before it was released. Nobody Wants to Die and Bird in the Hand, which are good good kind of classic Rival Sons songs. And if you've never listened to Rival Sons before, um, this is probably a good starting point for you, a good entry point for you. Mm-hmm. Seventh album. Uh, we first saw them about 2010, 2011 time. That's right. Yeah. Early, early on a festival stage in London at the uh, High Voltage Festival. Um, good album. Um, it's got all sorts of different styles and kind of uh, sort of influences. I really like the song Mirrors, which kicks off the album. 40 minutes long as an album. So it's kind of old school, really. Um, as we said several times, good good to fit on two sides of vinyl, of course. Um and I mean, the singing, it's quite a dark album. The singing is great. Uh, JB Cannon is really, I mean, he, he, he leaves it all out there, as it were. Um, and songs like Rapture, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, you just know that every note is, is coming from his soul, basically. Um, but yeah, some good songs. Um, it's uh, again, as we've said many times, not an immediate album. Uh, needs two or three listens before you probably appreciate it. But yeah. I uh, I did enjoy it, and it, as I say, if you if you if you if you like this album, then go back and check out their their first six albums because they're 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 a good band and they've done some great stuff over the years. Great musicians, good singer J. Buchanan, um, great guitarist in Scott Holiday. So um, yeah, go check them out. How about you, bro? What do you think? I, I couldn't agree with you more, Matt. Um, the opening track to me is a tr- is the track of the album uh, Mirrors. Mm. Um, it's we we've talked about. Um, Greta Van Fleet with the Led Zeppelin influences. Mirrors starts off in a really, you know, it's very riffy, this album. And then there's a lovely little um, quiet acoustic moment in Mirrors, which just reminded me of Ramble On. Just to, right, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got that nice uh, Zeppelin feel to it where you've just got the dynamics of the light and shade. Um, nobody wanted. Nobody wants to die. There's, as you say, there's so many different influences. There's like a lo-fi punk, you know, that sort of uh, New York Dolls Stooges uh, feel to some of the riffing, um, and mm. and some some White Stripes, sort of that, you know, sort of really yeah. uh, breaking up guitar, but um, you know, Jay's singing. I think the production, you just hear every note and every nuance in his vocal. You know, it, mm. it's, it, you feel mm. you, uh, I, I listen to just the intensity and the, just the sharpness of the recording. So the, it's such a well-produced album that uh, I would 
totally agree with you. I think it's a grower. I, when I mm. first listened to it in the first couple of listens, I didn't get it. I mean, you know, I loved Murr's right from yeah. the from the get go, and I think the mm. more I listen to it, the more I think it's a it's just um, it's going to be a grower for the end of the year. Fantastic, fantastic singer, and just all the musicians are 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 great. Really, really. They're at the top of their game, um, and hopefully they can, you know, get out touring that album and get playing bigger venues. Matt, I can't believe some of the venues yeah. that Rival Sons have been playing over the last couple of years. They should be playing theatres and getting back out yeah. and doing some arena shows with yeah. bigger bands. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, good album, good album. Which brings us to the the new Foo Fighters album, the much-awaited uh, album by the Foo Fighters called But Here We Are. Interesting album, actually. Um, I bought the CD of it, and it comes in just a plain white, yeah, plain white uh, cover. No right, apart from the sort of Foo Fighters album, sorry, Foo Fighters name. Um, you wouldn't know what it was. Um, a very kind of faintly printed lyric sheet inside, which maybe just badly printed. But um, in a way, I think, and I was thinking about this today, um, very similar to the way that. Uh, ACDC put out Back in Black in 1980, which in itself was a was a kind of tribute to, to Bon Scott. Yeah. The, the white, and I don't know this, I'm just speculating. I, I purposely didn't read any reviews of it, um, but it might be that this is, uh, well, certainly the album itself is, you know, you can listen to it, um, you can listen to it and, and assume that every song is essentially um, a tribute to either Dave Grohl's uh, late mother who died fairly recently and and obviously uh taylor hawkins who we know died uh last year so um but i absolutely loved it absolutely amazing album from start to finish probably one of the one of the best food fighters albums that the well, best albums of food fighters they've made um and just uh just quality throughout from the opening song rescued under you i can't get out of my head brilliant song um um through to the teacher which is which is about uh david Gross, mommy who was a teacher um just 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 uh, great melodies great playing um heartfelt lyrics throughout or at least you can interpret them as being heartfelt lyrics of course and they likely are mm-hmm. um hearing voices for example i mean anyone who's lost someone will uh that song will resonate with you Hear the song "Hearing Voices." Just listen to the lyrics. It's just, it's just beautiful. So, um, I mean, if there's a better album this year, Brian, I'll be very surprised. Um, just fantastic. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I listened to the album. Um, I've listened to the album a few times, and when you've got a when you've got a band that open an album, which is as you. Can I use the word musically euphoric in rescued? Mm. It's it's a really positive. It, it's a very positive. It's positively musical. And then when yeah. you read the lyrics, there's the melancholy. Just you know, using their you know Dave's lyrics. Um, you know, it, you you can you can understand. Um, you know, talking about his mom, talking about. Taylor in it. The best way I can describe this album is I think the Foo, I think this potentially will go down as the Foo Fighters Abbey Road 
And the reason yeah. why I use the use the comparison with Abbey Road is the Beatles were dissolving at the time they were making uh, Abbey Road, and it was one big final push for the Beatles. And 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 you end that album with uh, you know the end, you know the the Beatles, mm. and and when you listen the whole way through the uh, the Foo's album, and it comes to the last track, which is Rest. And the lyric of rest, you can rest now, rest, you will, you will be safe now. It mm. just, it just, it, it just uh, bookends the album amazingly. Um, the title track, uh, but here we are, I'm here in Rush. It's, yeah. it's, it's epic. It's progressive. The, the time signatures, the, the lovely song, you, you talk about, the, the the songs which the earworm of the album for me, apart from Rescued, which I think is amazing, is uh, Show Me How, which is mm. the song which Dave has his daughter Violet singing on, mm. which Beautiful. gets which gets you into that My Bloody Valentine, Cocteau Twins, ethereal mm. vocals. So yeah, um, I. I You've, I think uh, your description of this album is it's going to have to take a very, very special album, uh, Matt, to topple uh, the Foos for the best album of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great well, for those who, Indeed. Yeah, amazing. For those who uh, don't know, we Brian and I do a album of the year, song of the year, and so on. I've already got my song of the year, by the way, um, tucked away, I my, think. Mm, my song of the year may be on the next album we're going to review. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's talk about that then. The new album from Extreme yep. called... Tell, what's it called, Brian? <laughs> Six. Six. And the reason I say that, because last time I was uh, being a bit disparaging about bands who unimaginatively call their unimaginatively call their album Six or Seven or Eight or Five or whatever. Um, yeah, Six by Extreme... The first album for is it fifteen years. Fifteen years since, since So Dads of Rock. I remember that album. I like that album. Yeah, some good songs on it. But this is um, this is six. Probably a better better title than So Dads of Rock. To be honest with you, um, Rise and Banshee have been the lead off songs from it, of course, which are fantastic songs and real showcases for um, the great Nuno Betancourt's really amazing guitar you're you're a half decent guitarist we've established Brian. you know you must you must obviously be heavily influenced by the great nuno but um <laughs> yes very, and- yes very much influenced matthew to the point of of i'm influenced that that i put a lead into my guitar that's as much as the, <laughs> that's as much as the similarities between nuno betancourt and me we use electricity to plug our guitars in that's it yeah, fair enough. So apart from the Rise and uh, Rise and Banshee, which are two great songs, what do you what do you make of the rest of the album, Brian? I um well I think that Rise as the single, it's probably got the nobody will play a better guitar solo tapping mm. uh it, it was just frightening when I heard that single. Um uh it was just amazing. I actually think the middle of the album, as you say, Rise, Banshee and, and Rebel are the three sort of, uh, they are the three rockers of the album which kick it off. But it's the middle of the album that 
really um, brings out the great tracks for me. The 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 sort of mid tempo uh, other side of the rainbow, which which kind of showcases Nuno. Let's not forget Pat Badger as well too. Um, mm. Nuno, Pat, and Gary's wonderful harmony vocals, which is very yeah. reminiscent of wholehearted and tragic comic. Yep. Um, so that 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 sets it up. You know the the great track "Other Side of Rainbow." The song which potentially could be my song of the year is the next song, which is a song called Small Town Beautiful. Yeah. And the way in which Nuno and Gary's vocals, it's very much a ballad. It's not, we're not talking more than words, but it's a very slow, uh, slow track. It's just, it, it's, it's fabulous. I just love the song. I love the production and I love the way in which, um, you know, we'll talk about something later on, which helps out singers. But I really, I really got a sense of Gary Sharon's vocal is very deep. Um, it's just yeah. been so well produced. So the middle of the album, I was kind of going, this could be my album of the year. Then when we get into the latter parts of the album, you know, um, Thicker Than Blood's kind of Rage Against the Machine Yep. And then the last couple of tracks, Matt, just let it down for me. <laughs> well, yeah. we talk, well, we talk about that track. <laughs> beautiful Girls. Yes. Yeah, it's so called Beautiful Girls on it, which, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit of fun, really. Um, it's, it's kind of in a reggae tempo, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, uh, it's, it, it, I, I mean, it is quite an eclectic album. Yeah. Um, you got the, you know, the rockers in Rise and Banshee, as you say, you got a couple of ballads back to back in Other Side of Rainbow and Small Town Beautiful. We've got, um, as you say, a bit of, I, I hadn't kind of sensed the rage against the machine influences, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Hurricane, I think is really good. Yes. Um, uh, and then, it, and so it's, it's, uh, I think it's a bit, a bit of uh, fun. And I was, and as I was listening to this today, uh, needless to say, I was out walking the dog and that's so why I listened to most albums. And I was thinking, well, Led Zeppelin got away with it with Jama- with Jamaica. Um, so why not, you know, why not the extreme with uh, beautiful girls? So yeah. yeah, I think, I think it may have been slightly tongue in cheek, but um, I, I really wanted to like this album. Uh, so I listened to it and listened to it and listened to it. And as we've said many times, it's like the old days when you were young, you know, you know, it took me a few listens to get into it kind of. And, um, I, I, and I came out thinking, yeah, it is a good, strong album. Um, it's a good return from them. Um, it's got a bit of everything. And, uh, if you like, as you say, the harmony vocals, it's got those. If you like the, the new nose shredding, it's got that as well. So yeah, good album. Check out, um, extreme and, um, six. Now it's time for the A to Z of rock. And we've reached the letter E, Brian. What have you got for us in E? Well, Matthew, I... All ears. (laughs) All ears. I I was thinking about what what is the greatest album that I have in my collection, which begins with the letter E. And it was easy. Okay. Was it? It's easy. Who's that by? Who's that by then? (laughs) Uh, it was Journey, and it's Escape, Matt. It nineteen eight, you know, nineteen eighty one. It spawned that song, which has been yes, which has been streamed a gazillion times. 
Yeah. Um, but I think for most fans outside of the US, that was the album which uh, which we all got to hear. Stone of Love, Don't Stop Believing, Who's Crying Now. Oh my goodness. Uh, Open Arms, which, which as we know will be re-recorded for... Uh, for Dolly Parton's uh, rock album. Um, yep. So I had to kick off E with Escape, Matt. A great album. Do you remember it? I do. Yeah, I remember it very well. It is a good album. Um, I do remember Stony Love and, of course, Don't Stop Believing, which I think is a staple on our playlist. Um, <laughs> my favourite my favorite song on the album, however, is, is the title track. Um, really? It was made even... Yeah, because uh, do you remember that um, that live concert from Houston? Yes, they did uh, to pr- promote the album and, and great. So yeah, good album, good choice, good choice. We're on albums then. Um, I'm mentioning live albums. Exit Stage Left by the Mighty Rush, also from '81, I think, from memory. That's a good album. Just a, an excuse to talk about Rush and <laughs> you know promote. That was on the uh, Moving Pictures tour. Um, I don't know where it was recorded, but um, part Glasgow, got, uh, Apollo. Well, part of it's part of it's from Glasgow. Yeah, close to the heart has got the famous Glasgow Choir, of course. Um, yeah, it's got Red Barquetter on there and um, Xanadu and the Villistrangiato and so on. So yeah, we got up to a good start, up to a flyer. Um, a couple of bands to mention, well, quite a few bands actually, and we'll come back to the notable mentions earlier because people are going to say, "What about Exile on Main Street? What about Empire by Queensrÿche?" I can hear them now. They will stop me in the street and ask me that, as they often do. Um, a couple of bands to mention: the Eagles, of course, the Mighty Eagles. I'm not talking about Crystal Palace here, by the way. I'm talking about the band that was formed in 1971 in Los Angeles, who started out apparently as Lin- Linda Ronstadt's backing band. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've done all right for themselves, haven't they, the Eagles? Well, and they, if you remember rightly, uh, an accolade that can never be taken away from them. They yes. had, I think it's in America, they had the biggest selling album of the century in their yeah. greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Which is quite nice, isn't it? I mean, I, I was reading about them earlier. I mean, they're, they're, as you say, like, you know, six Grammys and six gold albums and, you know, and so on and so forth. I mean, just, you know, mega stats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still going strong. A few, few of the members have sadly passed away and, um, and of course been fired. <laughs> Technical <laughs> Eagles style, but, uh, Essentially, still, uh, still a great band, of course. Um, what are your favourites, of course, Brian? Dee dee dee. Exactly. <laughs> That's almost your signature tune. Europe. Ah, yes, the mighty Europe formed, yeah, you like them, don't you? formed in 1979. They are currently the top band that I have seen the most. Is that right? Yep, they're joint, joint level with King's X. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. But this year, Europe will go into sole first position. Um, I, I bet they could be very pleased about that. <laughs> you, you meet Joey Tempest, strolling around London. Exactly. Yeah, great band. And, and we all we all remember we all remember Europe with their, uh, I suppose, their break, breakthrough album in 1986, which was The Final Countdown. Um, they've, so, they've only sold, Matt about 10 million albums worldwide. So not, not a massive, uh, you know, in comparison to the likes of 
Def Leppard and ACDC, etc. But mm. um, when you look at their back catalogue, you know, the Final Countdown album um, and, and even the later albums, when they got back together um, in 2003, Start From The Dark, Last Look At Eden, uh, Bag yeah, Of Bones. What, I know the tour that you and I went to, which is the War of Kings and also Walk The Earth. Fabulous band. And they're, they're, they are now turning into that classic rock heritage band you know you, there's the influences of white snake purple rainbow thin lizzie ufo great great band and still delivering the goods as we saw in steelhouse that's right brief mention for um elo you talk of um talk about 10 million albums so their their album out of the blue uh which is their seventh album and that spawned Turn to Stone, Mr. Blue Sky, Swiggy Talking Woman, Wild Base Heroes, some great songs. Um, that in itself sold 10 million copies globally, would you believe? Wow. Out of the blue alone. And everything on it was written by Jeff Lynne and produced by the great man. Wow. I think he's probably done right out of that album. <laughs> God bless him. Um, other notable mentions in uh, bandwise. Uh, one of my favourite new, newer, newer bands, uh, fantastic band from the northeast of England, England, is uh, Eden Thorn. Seen them a few times. Great band, great singer, uh, great songs. Check them out if they play, play near you. ELP, of course. Emerson Lake and Palmer. Um, you must like them. You're a prog guy. Right? I am. I, I was so I was so chuffed when when. The uh, High Voltage Festival uh, was about 2010 and 2011, Matt, because I finally got to see ELP, you know, three musicians. Um, it would have been amazing to see them in the 70s when they were really at the top of their game. You know, Greg Leck, um, Carl Palmer and Keith Emerson, three individual musicians. Greg Leck with this almost chorister pure vocal with his acoustic Keith Emerson with his completely progressive mad keyboard sticking. He was, what did they call him? The, the Jimi Hendrix of the keyboards. Um, and then Carl Palmer, who's just an amazing, amazing drummer. So yes, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I love ELP. They're an amazing band. Very good. Finally, a couple of mentions um, outside the box. Eddie. The ubiquitous Iron Maiden mascot, um, who's kind of, um, he's kind of uh, grown and, and, and metamorphosized so many times over the years. But I remember him when he was simply a box, uh, a little head, or a little mask above the band, above the drummer. This is back in the very early days. And then, um, yeah, they just spit out blood. Oh, not actual blood, of course. It was like some sort of fake blood um, through a, a, a goldfish a pub thing. And um, my first time seeing Eddie was um, was uh, the roadies used, you, roadies used to come out. I think it was a killer's tour. Roadies used to come out with little masks on and spray I don't know, dry ice or whatever it was across the audience. Which famously, as you were telling me earlier, was Nick Homer Brain's first appearance with Maiden as, a, as, a, as an Eddie. Yep. Yep. Back in 81 or so, when he was with Trust, presumably. Great band. Uh, if you don't mind, I there's somebody who I have to mention as an, uh, in, in our in our A to Z for ease. Mm. And this man to me has been voted by many as the greatest bass player of all time. Um, he goes by the name of the Ox, 
Thunderfingers, The Quiet One, Big Johnny Twinkle. I didn't know about that one. (laughs) No, I didn't. Yeah, Big Johnny Twinkle. We Mm. have to uh, finish off this um, A to Z section with John Entwistle for a band that we don't really talk about much on the show, The Who. Um, But uh, John Entwistle is... Regarded, as I say, as one of the greatest bass players, you know, for, for a lot for a lot of musicians, if you were to talk to Pete Downsend, when they talked about who the who the lead instruments were mm. <laughs> in the Who, it was lead drums from Keith Moon, lead bass from uh, John Entwistle, and actually the person that was keeping the rhythm <laughs> was Pete Townsend. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we have to give a shout out to John Entwistle, who sadly. Um, you know, passed passed away in two thousand and two, I think, in Las Vegas, um, and they had to. Uh, I think they were on tour, and very very quickly, Pino Palandino was uh, ushered in very very quickly to help help the band out and stayed with the band. But uh, John Entwistle finishes off E for me, Matt, yeah, and our eighties rock. So, Brian, that brings us to Unsung Heroes, wherein we discuss someone behind the scenes who doesn't always get the plaudits and the accolades of the stars. And this time, it's a chap called Brian David Vig, also known as Butch, the great Butch Vig, musician, songwriter, and, of course, best known as a producer. And best known probably for his work with Nirvana, of course. Famously produced Nevermind. Um, has gone on to produce many, many other bands over the years. Um, and an all-round nice guy, from what I can see, for a producer, that is. Um, and uh, recently, bringing up to date, he's worked with the Foo Fighters. Um, he worked with Green Day. And, um, yeah, he's... Uh, I don't think he quite gets the the recognition. Clearly, he's obviously very well thought of in the in the uh, in the rock genre. But I just thought I'd bring up Butch Vig, Brian. Thoughts about Butch? Absolutely great choice as a as an unsung hero. He um, for somebody who was as fragile and quiet as Kurt Cobain was, he really he's one of those pr- producers. As a, as the nice guy that he is, he coaxed. Mm. Um, performances, particularly out of Kurt, um, yes, from a singing perspective. And I, I, there's a fantastic mm. interview on the you know the series classic albums where yeah. um, Kurt's there, Butch is working with uh, Kurt to try and coax some vocal um, vocal performances out of him, and. Um, you know, Kurt was such a massive Beatles fan, and I think right. I think that's where all of the Nirvana members had. They all they all joined together with their their love of the Beatles, and I know that uh, in order for, I uh, you know, Kurt refused to double track his vocals and guitars, um, and Butch wanted to get you know that that sort of richness of the vocal, and. Kurt was having none of it. And then uh, Butch said, well, you know, John Lennon 
double tracked his vocals. So then Kurt, <laughs> Kurt was, you know, that was the, the lovely way that he, uh, that he got mm. Kurt to do what he wanted him to do, which was double track the vocals. Um, great, great um, pro- uh, producer. Also did quite a bit of work with um, uh, Jimmy Eat World and he produced the, um, uh, the Smashing Pumpkins as well too. Um, yeah. Yep. But but as as you say, uh, well probably well known for his production career, um, but for for I think he wanted a break after Nevermind in the production, and then he he kind of put garbage together. That's right. Which I remember going out and buying the first single. It was about ninety five, ninety six. Stupid girl. Oh yeah, that's a good song, that isn't it? Really, really good song. Um, I Shirley, did Shirley yeah. Manson singing. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, good show. I didn't know he formed them, but yeah, yeah. you say ninety three for he formed garbage. Good on him. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, a man of many talents, much like yourself, Bry. <laughs> <laughs> that was unsung hero. Yeah, for this time. So finally, it brings us to everyone's favourite part of the show, Brian. Hidden gems. Oh, thanks, Lola. Sounding good as always. What you got for us this time, Brian? Um, I have an album from a band, Matt. Wow, really? I have indeed. Got an album from, an album from a band, <laughs> exactly. And wow. I'm gonna. This this is. The, I'm just gonna test you. Which mm. record label do you think this album might be from? I don't know. I don't know until you ask me. Uh, it might be the one that I get a quid for every time I mention them. Oh, good old, uh, <laughs> good old Frontiers. Another pound in the pot for Brian. <laughs> Another pound in the pot. This is a band, uh, and it's actually a bomb, uh, an album that was released this year, uh, earlier this year. In fact, it was released in St. Patrick's Day. Um, the really? the band is called Cross. <clears throat> the band is called Cross Country Driver, and their their debut album is called The New Truth. So it's fronted by uh, Rob Lamoth. Um, Rob is the lead singer of the River Dogs, which um, uh, were a great, great band in the 90s. Features a well-known guitarist from Def Leppard. And when you look at the, the list of guests that Rob has been able to, to pull together for this album, uh, Mike Mangini from Dream Theatre is on the album. Greg Chasen, who's a great bass player, who... Uh, featured on the Badlands albums with Ray Gillen and Jakey Lee. Doug Pinnock um, turns up on a few tracks. Um, a, a really funky track called A Man With No Direction. And a beautiful song, beautiful ballad on the album is where uh, Vivian, so Vivian of Campbell turns up and plays mm. some beautiful guitar. It's actually some lovely slide guitar reminiscent of George Harrison on a track wow. called Risen. So it was released in St. Patrick's Day, and my hidden gem is The New Truth by Cross Country Driver. Good choice. What about you, Brian? man? I've got another album as well. Oh, by, I've got by, a band. by a band. <laughs> by a band. And, uh, but it's not on Frontiers. Another pound for you, Brian. Okay. Um, it's a um, 2022 album. Released, strange enough, the day after. St. Patrick's Day, on the 18th of March last year. Um, and I mentioned them earlier, The Karma Effect, the first album by The Karma Effect called The Karma Effect, 
which is also S slash T. For years, I didn't know, didn't know what that meant, S slash T, when you see it written down, you know. But anyway, this is the um, the S slash T album, uh, The Karma Effect. Um, great songs on this. If you've seen The Karma Effect, uh, Testify uh, is probably the standout song, which is a standout song on the album, but also Steal Your Heart um, and The River. It's got a very cool contemporary sound. Um, got a bit of Black Crows thrown in. Um, got a bit sort of dirty honey kind of sound to it but they're they're not quite the same as dirty honey there's been similarities mentioned but um i don't think they're quite the same um but yeah good band as i say good guys and uh so uh my hidden gem for this episode brian is the carbon effect self-titled album how about that fabulous fabulous there you go that's that was ep- it yeah episode 48 all um, wrapped up all wrapped up with a nice bow on it and that's it, Matt. That's another episode done. Um, you will find the show on all of the usual podcasting platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're now on Scotland Rocks Radio, which is great. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Yeah. So. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Those that probably salute you is a Mamie Rogers production.